1: We're your movie friends. And are friends really friends? If you don't know them. So grab a popcorn. And head over to our row. So we can chat movies. Like friends do. There's always room for more movie friends. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. to the Writer's Room.
0: Hello and welcome to Sip Pop Writer's Room. I'm your host, Aaron, but not that Aaron, of course. And today I'm joined by Sip Pop Writer Dexter. Nice. We write for SipPop.com, providing you with movie reviews, best ever challenges, and other interesting movie-related articles, so make sure you check out the website SipPop.com to keep up with those. On today's show, we'll talk about a coming attraction, where we'll give our thoughts on what's coming out soon, and then on to our Sip topic, uh, which will be the Batman movies pre-Nolan, because it's comic books, it's the second Wednesday of the month. Uh, we'll explore the B plot, answering a question uh, that I devised for us, and uh, we'll wrap up a spin off quick recommender warn from each one of us. But first, let's get a chance to know our writer this week. Now, right off the bat, normally I talk about comic books with Ben, but this week uh, we talked about it with Dexter. And actually, in the future, I'm going to be talking about comic books with Joe, um, kind of on a permanent basis because uh, it just schedules happen, life happens. And uh, uh, Ben just needed to step away for a little bit, so no, no, no hard feelings, nothing like that. Um, just, just time to to take a step back. So uh, Ben is still going to come on, just on a less regular capac- uh, capacity. But that's why we have Dexter on today. And I'm really happy um, that he was able to do that. But Dexter, remind us. I know that uh, at least I know your favorite movie of all time. But remind us why what your favorite movie is of all time and why. Okay, uh, so
1: it is M. First Lang's 1931's masterpiece it is the best movie ever made. I don't I mean I don't understand why this is even a question. I mean especially if you if you think about the the time that it was coming out and because of the ramifications that the the law enforcement is now like squeezing them so much and as you watch it you see all this pastiches throughout cinema history coming from Fritz Lang, uh, you know, and much later, or I guess a little bit later, uh, Orson Wells, but Fritz Lang to me is the OG and M just, uh, oh, it strikes me so much.
0: Well, you'll be excited to know. So, uh, but the people listening will be excited to know that Dexter's going to be able to talk for a lot longer about M in June when he comes on and guests with me and Roberts talking about goats, talking about M and Rafifi, which was the movie that you recommended, last time you were on the show I have since you've been on the show bought both of them on the criterion collection be- just based off of your recommendations so
1: good, good, um, good. one of them
0: I paid a full price for the other one I waited until sales dropped for uh, <laughs> Black Friday so uh, so that'll be we'll be able to talk about those more in depth later but I'm trying to think of the second question of like what to ask you, Dexter. And uh, I'm curious. Uh, we So we already got your story on like how you got involved in writing for pop.com. You can go back and check out Dexter's first episode on yeah. um, that, where we talked about the blues brothers. Um, one of the first episodes of the writer's room. And uh, what I want to know is what movie are you most looking forward to that's supposed to release in 2021 as of, you know, now.
1: <laughs> I'm trying to think of what uh, Halloween kills, I think is what it, yeah, Halloween um, Kills. Yeah, I'm a I I like the the remake or the you know the new sequel uh, the 2018 version. Um, yeah, me I li- too. I, I like what they did. I really dug it, um, and I'm excited to see where they go from there. I'm a huge horror fan as well, so you know I'm just
0: uh, yeah. Man, I would not have picked that one. I would have thought. You know, I, I I would imagine most people are going to go straight to Dune this year but uh or mm-hmm. like Matrix 4. But Halloween, all right. That's yeah. uh it's a good thing. I honestly don't know which one I'm most excited for. So so bo- so here's the final silly question Dexter. Uh you ready for this?
1: Oh, I'm always ready.
0: What is the strangest thing that you have in your refrigerator?
1: <laughs> oh, um I mean it's going to be something English. Uh Yorkshire pudding. I think I've got some Yorkshire pudding in there. My uh, my girlfriend's from from Britain, so for her birthday we went and had a, a traditional roast dinner, and nice. that was
0: that was part of it. So. so, we'll say cottage cheese. Actually, I think I have a bowl left over from lunch of I mix maple syrup with cottage cheese. Uh, that's probably mm-hmm. the weirdest thing in my fridge right now. So okay, uh, but yeah. now that we've done that, now that we got a chance to to familiarize <laughs> uh, again to catch up. <laughs> Whenever Harley Quinn stops licking your face, we can move on to talking uh, no, about
1: Keep, keep going. Like, I, I, I can keep having this conversation. My eyes are closed. I'm good. I'm good.
0: Well, hey, we're going to be talking about WandaVision. Uh, this is coming out on Disney Plus on the 15th, uh, but this is going to be a series, and it's going to be released weekly, not all at once, because that's the way that Disney Plus is choosing to release their stuff. Um, this is the first marvel tv series on disney plus like original and uh Mm -hmm. this is the first like attempt at a like connected universe since agents of shield um and really since like season two of agents of shield because three on was kind of its own thing so yeah and there was like the inhumans and there was some of the hulu stuff and some of the netflix stuff that this is a monument this is a big uh this is a big thing to be looking out for Uh, and uh uh, before we dive into this, I'm really excited because actually this weekend, so there's a good chance this will come out before the episode comes out, but I'm getting a chance to talk with Jeremy Simser about WandaVision since he is a storyboard artist on it and he wanted to talk about movie stuff. So I was like, yeah, we right. can, can have a conversation. So uh, really excited for that. So he's going to be on the show before the show starts as well as after uh, to talk about storyboarding and uh, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm excited about it. But Dexter, uh, now this is going to be weird because it's the first time we're ever doing a TV series on this coming attraction. So the anticipation level scale is going to have to be a little bit, you know, with uh, with a pitch of salt. But um, if this were like a movie and a theatrical release and there was no COVID and all that, uh, how soon, like how excited are you about this? Would you try to catch it like as soon as you possibly can opening weekend, wait for a matinee, wait till uh, you could rent it at home wait till it's on a streaming service you already pay for, or are you just not interested in seeing WandaVision?
1: Oh, no, no, I I definitely am. I I mean, it's going to be, I'm definitely going to watch it, you know. I've been a fan of what Marvel has been doing. Uh, I'm interested to see what they are going to do. I'm interested and worried all at the same time, but I kind of have a feeling it's going to be kind of like season two of The Mandalorian
0: tell you what before i saw the trailer i think i was in matinee like i was like okay. i'm really excited for this but i'm a little worried but after seeing the trailer and i've only seen the trailer once right when it came out um and i'm pretty sure you zero frames movement so i don't think you've mm-hmm. seen this yet nope I, so i won't i won't spoil anything that i think of the trailer um because also i can't remember that at this point but all i know is there is something so fascinating about this world to steal you know Aaron Dicer's word again there's something so fascinating about this world and um and I'm not talking about MCU but I'm talking about specifically WandaVision there is so much mystery and intrigue and I get the I got the feeling while watching this trailer the the very same feeling that you get when you're watching The Shining and you're just like I know something about this isn't right I just can't quite put my finger on it you know and it's Kubrick's use of uh framing and of uh, geography and sets and things mm-hmm. like that like that's that's why i feel unsettled watching the shining that's part of the reason why uh, it's that it's that same feeling um yeah. of like i don't know why but something about this is really uncomfortable and this is going to tip its hand a little bit more than something like the shining but uh, uh i i'm gonna land in the opening weekend category and yeah i mean yeah. i'm
1: i i really i love scarlet witch and i mm-hmm. I don't want to say they've done a disservice to her, but you know they haven't explored her true powers and what she can do. Uh, I mean, the the closest we got to it was in uh, in Endgame when she's taking on Thanos one on one, and yeah. you know she was about to uh, rip him apart when he ha- he's just like no, just. Bring down the sky.
0: So she's a really weird character because there's also been like, you know, in Age of Ultron, primarily her method of attack is mind tricks, and she mm-hmm. hasn't done any of that since Age of Ultron. No, and it's like it's it's interesting, and I I don't know. They've kind of turned her just into a super powerful person, and like cool, yeah. But we already have Doctor Strange and Captain Marvel, and like. Yep. It's i don't know i like i kind of want her to to be more like that scarlet witch that we see yeah. in the comics so um i i hope this is a return to form and i hope this makes her stand out a little bit more but i do love elizabeth olsen in the role oh um, yeah she she's great and i'm willing to overlook you know a russian to american accent pr- pr- and yeah. progressively over rapidly over time yeah Man, so here's here's the question that I that I'm worried about is that like with Mandalorian, I try to watch it as soon as I possibly can, but I watch mm-hmm. it with my wife. Okay, and so like sometimes she goes to work and I can't watch it until Friday night. Mm-hmm. But people are already tweeting about it at like three in the morning on Friday. So like, what is your strategy to avoid? You said you want you're going to watch the show pretty much the day that it comes out every week. Yeah probably to avoid spoilers for the most part. What's your what's going to be your strategy? Spoilers don't
1: bother me all that much as long as the story is good. Um if the story is compelling and I I'm, I'm fine with it, but if the twist is what bring, is like the the key factor of the show, um but at the sure. same time I don't I'm not going to spoil I you know I won't spoil something for someone else because not everyone has my philosophy
0: no that's fine and I I, I for the most part think that I'd rather not spo- be spoiled but I think I can overlook spoilers I, I, I'm going to do my best to avoid them as much as I can but I want to do my best uh, to have it experienced the first time because I think there are situations like let's say Fight Club or Split that I was mm-hmm. spoiled on Split before it came out And that's, that's, that's an okay movie until the twist happens. And the twist is great. Yeah. It doesn't make the movie great. It still makes the movie okay with a great ending, a great twist that I almost wish I would have had that experience for the first time myself. Cause like, think about fight club, like fight club is a movie that rewards rewatches. It's, it's good to watch it after, you know, the twist and to kind of see how they've set that Mm -hmm. up. But I don't want my first viewing to be how do they set that up? It'd be like if you watch The Prestige for the third time as you are first. Like or for the for the first time as you're like third, I guess. Like that would be way less fun. Yeah. Cool. So I want to kind of direct us back to WandaVision then. Um, so I'm I'm curious. Uh, you said you're a little worried. Uh, what what is the worry about the show for you? I'm I'm worried that it's going to be coming more and more
1: I don't want to say difficult, but like you have to see everything to understand how it's all interconnecting. What I don't want is for it to... Me watching the next Spider-Man movie, I have to understand every little nook and cranny of WandaVision. And it's not so much for me, because I'm going to consume it all. But that does make the story story of Spider-Man suffer if you then have to... Understand what's been going
0: on in Wandavision because not everyone's gonna watch Wandavision. I definitely have this fear too because so like me and my mom watch all the Marvel movies together. It's kind of our thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually, like I watch them because I ain't waiting, but she doesn't watch many movies and nobody tells her, nobody talks to her about the Marvel movies. So, um, so whenever yeah. I see her after they release on home video or like if we're in the if if we're around each other and theaters are open and there's a movie in them, then we'll typically go see it. But like my mom doesn't have Disney plus she's not going to watch Wanda vision. And like, yep. she might be interested, but like a big thing is when she comes over and visits me, we have a two hour movie. We can pop in not so much a 10 hour show. So like my mom isn't going to watch Wanda vision. And so, I mean, I can fill her in on the gaps and she'll be okay with that. But think how how much of your fan base is not going to be, I don't want people's experience to be jumping from A New Hope to Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't I don't want these shows being The Empire Strikes Back. Yes. yes. So yeah. So, I, I guess that's, that's kind of the point I'm trying to make. And we'll, we'll definitely talk about more of this later in the B-plot, because yeah. that's kind of all what we're talking about. It's definitely a small point of concern for me as well. But um, I have one last kind of prompt for you, and that's um, what is the one thing that you really want to see the series achieve?
1: I mean, the development of Scarlet Witch into the ultimate superhero that she is. I mean, if you look at the the comics, like, she's the one that said, no more mutants. She changed reality. And so yep. she's not at that point in the movies. And I want that. And I, I, I feel like that's what they're going to build. Not necessarily, you know, no more mutants or, you know, something... Something of that nature, but I, I definitely see it
0: building towards something where her powers are more fleshed out. Sure, uh, that's a that's a really good thing I'd like to see as well. I think the one thing that I want to see is I want to see these characters fail. I want to see them be helpless, and a big reason why is because you know seeing these characters helpless in Infinity War and Endgame was something special mm-hmm. to me. And uh, I mean, not these characters specifically, but seeing Cap and Iron Man yeah. fail was incredible to me. And when you talk about Captain and Iron Man, Captain America and Iron Man, I mean, they're not the best or strongest characters in the MCU. I mean, it's it's probably a four way tie between Scarlet Witch, Vision, Doctor Strange and Captain Marvel. Right. Like, yeah. Is there anybody else that belongs in that? Like, I mean, maybe Thor or Hella, I guess, too. Probably. Uh, I but mean, like, Odin. When he was around. But like, you know, we've seen Thor fail. Yep. We've seen that happen. Um, We've seen Iron Man fail. We've seen Captain America fail. But like none of these people are as powerful as Wanda and Vision. I mean, we've seen Vision fail because he literally dies. Yeah. Um, not just is snapped away. So I just, I, I want to see these characters uh, be put to the test and be strained to where the point, like, here's a good example. Did you watch the Jessica Jones oh, yeah. TV show mm-hmm. on Netflix? Okay. My favorite moment, maybe in the whole MCU, is the moment where she goes to the police and, uh, or like the police arrest her and she's leaving the department and um, Kilgrave is at the police department and has all of the cops pointing guns at each other. Yep. She is entirely helpless in that situation. Everybody is entirely helpless in that situation. Uh, And he makes them laugh it all off at the end like nothing was wrong with that situation. I want that. happen to Vision and Wanda I want to see them in that state um, because I want to see how can we break these characters because I don't think we've seen how can you break Vision or Wanda especially how can you break them together
1: Uh, so I hope by the end of this Vision isn't back I hope it's a construct of Wanda I I hope Vision is a construct of Wanda sure
0: so as you were talking I got one more prompt from you (laughs) and then I think I'm all out Will this series be the agent to introduce mutants into the MCU?
1: No. I mm, no because
0: so, Now I, I think
1: I think the next Marvel of like the next Avengers event kay. might be it.
0: Look, I I've I have thought this ever since Endgame um came out um and I think I think now is the perfect time to introduce the mutants. Um for one, for the reason that it could make the most sense right now, um, and I wasn't even thinking about them introducing mutants into this. But who could actually do this to Scarlet Witch and Wanda, or to and Scarlet Witch and Vision, and a mutant? Right, somebody like uh, not ob- obviously wouldn't, but somebody like a Professor Xavier type. Um, you know, somebody kind of of that caliber, right? A big bad mutant. Um, you know, apocalypse. Yeah. Um, you know, even even somebody that has powers like blink or whatever. Like, I th- I think you could do something interesting and introduce mutants here. The, and the reason why I I think it makes sense to do it now is because the Age of Ultron is very clear that Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch are activated. Their mutant genes are activated because of contact with the Infinity yeah. Stone. Um, because Baron von, Strucker, von von Strucker is. Experimenting on them, they're very clear about yeah. that. So, the the MCU has set up that the every that people who are mutants have the mutant gene. It just hasn't been activated because they haven't been in contact with the Infinity Stone. Well, with the snap and the reverse snap, shouldn't everybody have been in contact with the Infinity Stone at that point? Meaning, or at least half the population. Which could oh, like awaken the, the mute which could which could awaken. well when he snaps, I mean, people that are dusted away have contact with the infinity stone. Yeah. So that's a perfect opportunity for at least half of the world, you know, whatever percentage of mutants there are, that percentage yeah, of half of the people. Marvel's good at
1: taking what we expect and then slightly twisting it to give us that that like, oh, that's so I think it could be Wanda's broken by the loss of vision because you know you took everything mm-hmm. from me, and bec- Wanda coming into her powers
0: then creates the mutants. Maybe. So I, look, I, look, whatever. I'm sure Kevin Feige has a plan, and yeah. I'm here for whatever his plan is. Um, I just I I I never thought about is this where they finally introduce the mutants? Yeah. And- if it's going to be any of the shows they've announced, it's going to be this one other than maybe the secret invasion or some of the ones that are like way down the line. Yeah. So anyway, um, I don't, I think we've talked for plenty about this. Do you have any other things you want to say about WandaVision before we move on?
1: No, I mean, I, I I, I have no idea what it's going to be like. So this is all just my, my brain speculation. So take that all, take everything I said with a grain of salt.
0: Yep, Um, I'm excited to watch it. Uh, You know I'll be there as soon as I can on January 15th. Uh, There's that. Well, let's finally move on to uh, talking about the SIF topic this week. We're going to be talking about the Batman movies pre-Nolan, since uh, Austin and I talked about the Nolan Batman movies, and Ben and I talked about the DCEU. So really, we're left with what's before Christopher Nolan, and so we'll be talking about Now, I know that there are movies before the Adam West Batman movie, we're not talking about those, um partly because I haven't seen them, partly because I don't have a desire to see them. I've heard they're not good, um partly because does anybody talk about them no, right <laughs> you know, so just just to touch on the serials really quickly
1: um I mean it, it's very much of that time I mean they came out in oh is it the nineteen uh nineteen so they started coming out in nineteen forty three so height of the world War two and they are secret agents uh you know batman and robin they're like uh they, they become aware of a, sa- a sabotage J- japanese sabotage ring in, in gotham city so it's like it's very much of that time so
0: so what you're saying is these are the film the that fi- these films are the ones that captain america stars in in the world war ii era in the, exactly. in the first adventure <laughs> got yeah. it Yeah. So so we're going to be talking about Batman the Movie, Batman, Batman Returns, Batman Forever, and Batman and Robin. Um, and we'll start it off uh, by talking about Batman the Movie. By the way, these are movies are old. You've been warned uh, in the past that these are movies we're going to talk about. So we're going to talk about it openly and freely. Spoiler warning. But we're going to go in chronological order. So let's go with Batman the Movie. This is the Adam Westbert Ward movie. Um, Dexter, do you like this movie, love it, hate it, dislike it, or think it's just okay?
1: Oh, I love this movie. Oh, Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I bleed Batman. My dog's name is Harley Quinn. My earliest memories are the animated series, which I'm kind of, what, why don't we have Mask of the Phantasm on there? That's pre-Nolan. That's true. But, there will probably uh,
0: be an animated episode one day.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, my, my earliest memories are the animated series and Batman 66. So it is definitely cheesy, but Adam West knew that they were what what they were, and he mm-hmm. leaned into it. So mm-hmm. that is, that's, yeah.
0: I think this movie's just okay. I, I can understand it. I, so I, I grew up, honestly, I grew up with the Michael Keaton movie, the first mm-hmm. one. Yep. Um, that was kind of my basis, because you're born in 95. But as I got older, I did get into the animated series, and I did get into, um, uh, Batman beyond for a little bit and I did get into uh, the the Adam West TV show because they'd be running on those like classic channels and my since we didn't have cable like we had those channels and I would pop them on and they're they're a good bit of fun my problem mm-hmm. with the movie though is I don't have a problem with the tone I don't have a problem with whatever it's a product of its time um mm-hmm. they kind of needed to 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 take this tone in order to get this content made <laughs> uh, nowadays it would be totally different but um, you know, there wasn't shows like the Sopranos back in the day, <laughs> uh, yeah. let alone on NBC, CBS, ABC. Yep. ABC. So like, anyway, so you have, uh, you don't have stuff like that, especially on this, especially, you know, Batman, this was directed towards kids. Um, mm-hmm. and like, it's not for any of those reasons that I don't love it. It's just, I think I love watching the show, but I don't. I think the movie is incredibly long. It's incredibly drawn out. It it's about a two hour movie, but it feels like it's six. It takes forever. It's so stinking long. Whereas I feel like watching the show when you get these twenty minute kind of spurts of of this this kind of Batman. Like it, it's it's more digestible. So I, I I don't typically want to turn this movie on. I. I have a good time the, the the silly ludicrous moments I think are amazing you know the bat shark shark repellent comes to mind yeah um, or the scene where he's running around with the bomb and he's trying to throw it off a pier and then there's like mm-hmm. people and then there's like ducks and like it, look it's all fun it's it's silly fun and like I like it but uh I'm I'm in it for about the first 40 minutes of the movie and then I just okay. Turn
1: it. Okay. Okay. I mean, I, I definitely take it as what it is. I mean, it is probably a great representation of the Silver Age of comics and, yes, yeah, Cesar Romero just mm-hmm. chewing up the scenery, Adam West being cheesy, Burt Ward, I love Burt Ward. I Yeah, I mean, it, I guess it, it's probably, I love it probably more for nostalgia reasons. And I, I can realize that I understand when people say they don't like it, but I mean, I, I can pop this movie in and enjoy. I mean, it, it yeah, like you said, it, it is directed to for kids, but I mean, at that time, so we're comic books. So
0: I, yep. I love it. One of the things I really love about this, um, and I'll talk about this more later uh, as we talk about a movie, but they're able to, it, this, this tone is so ridiculous and the comics are not necessarily always this tone but their stories feel like they could fit into this tone so like yeah i'm i'm sp- i'm specifically thinking about two-face and like his origin in the comics like i okay. get why they didn't go with that with how he becomes two-face in the dark knight yeah but it's it's just silly enough that it totally works in the batman movie like or in the batman yeah. tv show so it kind of allows them to like be able to play into the silly, you know, like mm-hmm. I, th- I don't think they did. Do they have condiment King on as on an episode? Oh, Definitely not the movie, but no, um, like, I don't think it's silly enough to quite have like condiment King on, but if there was an episode with condiment King, I wouldn't be surprised. Oh yeah. So like it'll, al- it allows for like that silly ludicrous stuff that you're just not really going to get. And yeah, I mean, you mentioned the, uh, you mentioned the acting. I mean, yeah, of course the late Adam West is terrific. Uh, Burt Ward is great as Robin. Lee Merriweather is Catwoman, terrific. Caesar Romero is particularly great as the Joker. Burgess Meredith is, in my opinion, the best Penguin there's ever been, and Frank Gorshin is the Riddler, also excellent. So, and yeah. Chief O'Hara and Commissioner Gordon also great. Like, I love this cast.
1: Yeah, no, you're yeah, you're you're right. It, it has a phenomenal cast. Yeah, definitely the best Penguin we get. We get the
0: the best Riddler we've gotten. I'm going to disagree on that, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> okay yeah. um, definitely the best penguin we've gotten arguably the best cat woman we've gotten yeah no. it, yeah i mean it depends on what you're looking for so i think that honestly uh caesar romero deserves to be more in the conversation of best joker of all time to me that crown goes to mark hamill but i do think that oh yeah it always comes down to ledger and nicholson and it's like but what about romero <laughs> like
1: He's yeah, crazy. I guess Romero, the only knock against Romero is he definitely wasn't taking it seriously. Like, he didn't shave his mustache. Exactly like you said, Mark Hamill is, he's the people's Joker. Mm-hmm. When I read the comics, that's, that is is who I hear. Yep. Every adaptation of the Joker, as long as I can understand it and see where it's going. Mm-hmm. I mean, so far there's only been probably, uh, yeah, there's only been one performance of the Joker where... I, and I don't necessarily think, I think it was the writing more than the acting. Well, that, if that recent,
0: if we're talking about the same person, then it sounds like it's more studio pressure and film editing. Oh
1: yeah. 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 So that, that's, uh, yeah, that's
0: I I mean, I agree. Right. Like, I, I mean, I agree. Like, I don't, I don't particularly hate, um, any of the jokers. I, I, I think they're all great for their own reasons. Um, but all of those movies are very different and have very different interpretations for what the movie needs and but like you know it, it, the conversation typically comes down to Ledger and Nicholson and it's like well, they're very different characters for very different movies they're giving yeah. they're both doing excellent performances for what they're supposed to get and i could you know i both of them feel very comic booky to me so like i think they're equal and i think that's okay there we well, go well and you definitely
1: um, get the i mean all these different portrayals of the Joker have you know definitely led to the storyline of the three Jokers in the comics so yes
0: so I don't have too much to say about this movie only because this is the one I didn't get around to a rewatch on um, so unfortunately I just have to rely on past experience um, but this is also the one that I had seen the most um, as a conscious adult I guess I'm sure I've seen the first Batman to get like the most Tim Burton's first Batman the most But I watched it so much as a kid, like, you know, I wouldn't say I consciously remember a lot of it. I've seen, I think I've probably seen that one three times, four times at this point as a quote unquote grown up. Yeah. Whereas I'd seen, I've seen Batman the movie several times because I watched it a lot in high school. So, uh, so yeah, I'm just gonna have to defer to you if there's any other notes that we have to say, and this one just might be a little more shallow. (laughs)
1: No, yeah, I mean it's probably going to be the most shallow, but at the same time it's I don't want to say it's the most shallow
0: of them, but it it you have to buy in to the tone of this movie, and if you buy into mm-hmm. the tone of this movie, you'll love it. And if you don't, you won't. And like it's all yeah. it's all it's all good. And like I buy into the tone of the movie, I just think it's it's long, it's not paced very well, but the the acting is great. I think it's it, it's it's a fun time. It's it's not something I'm going to actively choose to put on most days. Yeah, I can understand that. Well, you ready to move on to Tim Burton's Batman?
1: Let's move on to the Burton verse.
0: All right. You like it, love it, hate it, just like it, think it's just okay.
1: Oh, I mean, I got to go with I love it.
0: <laughs> two for two. Uh, I'm going to land with I love it as well. Um, uh, why do you love this movie?
1: Oh, I mean, you get <sighs> Michael Keaton. and Michael Keaton is great. Jack Nicholson chewing up the mm-hmm. scenery. Gotham is art deco as all get out. Danny Elfman, an amazing score prince. You have Yeah, the soundtrack too. This this movie is amazing. Um so yeah, I
0: Yeah, man, let's start off there. Um uh, <laughs> I think Keaton is a good Batman, but I think he's a great Bruce Bruce Wayne. Yes. Um, oh, yes.
1: Just, yes, that is
0: one of the things that appear that is apparent to me as as rewatching this is that uh, all these is that I appreciate so much of how much of Bruce Wayne we see in the Dark Knight trilogy. Um, you know, we get the sequences of Alfred coming to wake him up at like three in the afternoon because of that, like we get the scene of him where he's like, "I just bought the hotel," and he goes swims with the. Ladies, he brought in the in the fish tank up front. Yeah, the model. Like we, we get those kind of scenes. I mean, there's, I mean, the scene where uh, Keaton uh, intercepts Vicky Vale and the other reporter guy in his like historical room is th- very much that. But that's about all we get of him as Bruce Wayne. And yeah, you
1: uh, you want to get
0: nuts scene or? But yeah,
1: I mean. You, you see Bruce, uh, you see Bruce a, a couple times throughout, but no, you're you're definitely uh, right. I, I but I, I do I I love his his portrayal as Bruce Wayne. Um,
0: I agree. Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously because I said it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I, and and we mentioned Nicholson already, both of us, and uh, yeah, he's excellent. Um, this is this is really really top notch stuff. Also, thought was interesting for several reasons. I was reading some of the trivia about this. So, Nicholson didn't take a typical cut for the movie. Instead, he did percentage oh, yeah, rights did because of the point. Studio. Yeah, yeah, because because the studio didn't think this movie was going to make any money, and mm-hmm. you know, Nicholson was smart, still cashing in that paycheck. Um, well, and, so... and not only that,
1: he like any time that they reference the Jack Napier character, like mm-hmm. he he gets you know, he gets money. So, um, like even in the, the comics or, or whatever, like that is
0: his character through and through. Yep. So yeah, I get that. Uh, the other thing I was reading is so apparently the studio wanted Jack Nicholson and he Mm -hmm. wanted to sit on it for a hot second. So then they approached Robin Williams and offered him the role, which Holy crap. Think of how cool that would have been. And he accepted it. Uh, while, Nich- while Nicholson was, he- was hesitating, but then Nicholson decided, okay, if it's good enough for Robin, it's good enough for me. And, I mean, they really burned Robin on that one. And some people might think it's terrible to say, but I think he would have done just as good as Jack Nicholson, if not better. Oh, um, yeah. And we've already talked about how he's perfect. <laughs> like, bad WB. Uh, give me your hand, I'm going to slap it.
1: <laughs>
0: and the other highlight, I think Kim Basinger is, does a really good job as Vicky Vale. That's that's what was the other kind of oh, yeah. shocker. Nobody thinks of Batman and thinks of Vicky Vale. You know the Burton movie. Thinks of Vicky no. Vale. She's great. What else
1: do you want to talk about? You have their their final showdown in the church. You know we, we get this Joker that that dies. Yeah, like I mean, you get that great shot of him flying up over the moon and the the bats. Oh man, there's just. Oh, there's so much.
0: How how do uh, we feel about about Batman straight up killing and a lack of conversation about it? Like oh, he didn't directly um, kill Joker, but he definitely indirectly killed him. He's definitely responsible for his death. And the movie just doesn't make light of it. And he I think he kills several other people. Movie doesn't I make mean, light of that, it.
1: I mean that that definitely that definitely happens in the I mean in the next one that we're gonna talk about. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. They're, they're playing loose with that uh, with his one rule it
0: doesn't bother me because it's you know it's kind of like indirect it's weird to say this about a movie that came out in the 1980s but it's refreshing because every other property is so insistent on hammering in the point that he doesn't kill people and like i'm not necessarily saying i support batman killing people i'm just saying like it doesn't need to be a main plot point about your movie like and not only that but tim burton needed to take this franchise in the direction that it did after you know the adam west image so that it didn't get solidified as that image for the rest of eternity yeah well i mean and it's a
1: complete juxtaposition between what we what we had come from to what we got um i mean it was dark compared to the, mm the you know
0: batman 66 uh well, and the only other, like, big superhero movies that had come out between them was uh, the Superman Superman. Yeah. Uh, and the Donner's Superman is... The, the second one is kind of dark, but not really. <laughs> it's dark,
1: but you also have Christopher Reeves, who has been the best Superman we've ever gotten. Um, and, oh, he, he was phenomenal. Um, but, yeah, so you, you have that... I mean, that overall tone definitely you know he he was the big blue boy scout and so when you were introducing batman especially after the um dark knight returns had come out you know there there had been such a shift in the comic culture that it was definitely a reflection of it and you know it's it's tim
0: burton injecting his own
1: style in there so
0: uh, this is apparently a big point in a lot of like comic book culture like people don't like this move but i'm kind of okay that like it was joker that killed batman's parents i mean he was before he was joker he was jack napier um like i'm kind of okay mm-hmm. with it although it doesn't serve any purpose to the story like it's completely unnecessary right. but also like i don't see any reason to to hate or to pick it pick it right. out well, i mean of I, I i think I,
1: I think if you're gonna do like a one and done story like that that was the Batman story that you were going to get, then, yeah, that's fine. Because then you have a full circle there where the Joker created Batman, Batman creates the Joker, and by him going away, uh, he is overcoming the quote-unquote death of his parents. But mm-hmm. the second you introduce Batman Returns, then you've broken that full circle, and
0: right.
1: then, yeah, I so. th- that's where it... it it bothers me is because when we're starting to go into the full Batman universe well then you you need to stick with uh, you know that his parents were gunned down as a random act of violence because it, right. it serves the character better that way
0: yep um i only have one more note about this and it's that boy the mayor pushing for a big celebration despite many people claiming it isn't safe is just far too relevant this movie's oh, way ahead yeah. of its time so yep. I don't know what more there is to say. Like, here's here's the problem with doing some of these older movies: is what more is there to say about them? Like, what more can we say about Batman in the movie? Like, this this is the best Batmobile great until Dark Knight. I mean, yeah, great
1: great sound
0: great, great soundtrack, great score. I love the mm-hmm. costume. Keaton's excellent. Alfred's excellent. Yeah, it's 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 also refreshing. Again, talking about a movie from the '80s, but refreshing that there's only one villain like because when's the when's the last time that you've seen well actually i guess it's not all that uncommon anymore but like just one villain just one antagonist for the whole movie like is awesome you know because there's been far too many spider-man 3 amazing spider-man 2 yeah been far too many of those kind of movies yeah yeah do you have anything else to say about this one
1: no no um I mean, what, why'd Alfred have to let Vicky Vale into the Cave?
0: Yeah, that was weird. Watching all these movies again, also... These movies are, like, prime for CinemaSins. Like, things oh, like that. Yeah. Like, I mean, this first movie is less so than the rest of them. Like, especially the Burton ones versus the Schumacher ones. But, it's, it's 80s. It's fine. Yeah. They aged pretty well for most 80s movies. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, so. yeah. Cool. Alright. Let's do it. Batman Returns. Dex, do you like it, love it, hate it, just like it, think it's just okay.
1: I mean, I'm three for three. Oh, yeah? Yeah.
0: This will be fun. Yeah. I hate this movie. I hate it. Really? Hate it.
1: Okay. I hate
0: everything about this movie. Almost everything okay. about this movie. And so the first time I ever watched this movie was in high school. And I di- I really didn't like it. I watched it again like three nights ago. I hate this movie. Okay. There is there is exactly two three reasons to love this movie. Exactly three. Okay. Number Go one ahead. is Michael Keaton as Batman. Number okay. two is the casting of Danny DeVito as the Penguin, and number mm-hmm. three is the casting of Michelle Pfeiffer as Selita Kyle.
1: Uh, there's also number four where Batman dodges a missile being shot at him by a Penguin, and this <laughs> like look on his face is all right. Sorry, four reasons.
0: Literal Penguins got it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I yeah, it's it's hard for me to say anything but love this movie. Like it is, it is ingrained into ingrained into me. I Batman's my boy.
0: Here's exactly how I feel about this movie. W. B. didn't expect the first Batman to do anything, and it was a hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So are like, okay, sure, just do what you did again, and we're not gonna stop you, Tim Burton. And when you give Tim Burton full control on anything this is what you get. It's a, it's a mess. It's over the top. It's inconsistent. It's way off of what it needs to be. Yeah. I mean, we, um, we
1: get tropes in there that I, I don't like. We get the, the cat woman, Selena. Oh, she's not, she's not even, yeah, no, she's Selena Kyle trope. Um, yep. I was thinking the Halle Berry one, but uh, yeah, like I, 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 I don't like that trope at, at all. Um, even to this day
0: just her being catwoman?
1: No, 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 no. The 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 trope of poor like girl in glasses, the, the, the geeky person who has been oh, cheetah over. Oh, the Yes. I mean, I definitely wouldn't call it the cheetah trope. No, but, I'm just it's a it's a um, recent example. <laughs> yeah, but I mean we we see it in Amazing Spider-Man 2, we see it
0: in Wonder Woman 84. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Gosh. Um I will say one more thing I admire about this movie and it's that I really admire that this movie decides to focus on the villains. I mean, we don't see Michael Keaton or Batman besides the like very opening of this movie until no, not even the very opening because it's Penguin's origin story. We don't see him until like 40 minutes in the movie and even then, like he gets top billing in this movie, but gosh, he feels like a supporting like both Bruce Wayne and Batman feel like a supporting character in this movie and like I kind of admire that Tim Burton's trying to spend some time with our villains so we can understand them. Um, and yeah. we can hopefully relate to them and we can He's flushing mm-hmm. them out. I yeah, mean, it, like, it's definitely not probably probably the biggest complaint with most superhero movies, I would say, is I want more time with the villain. I think there are exceptions. I think sometimes uh the the mystery of something like Nolan's Joker is beneficial from only seeing him when is yeah. necessary. But you know, like I, I think I want to typically spend more time with these villains, uh, with villains, and uh, you know, to to understand where they're coming from. Yeah,
1: you know, to your point, you, you know, you want to see the villains, and I, I think that works because you want to see a well-rounded villain. You don't want to see yeah. someone, and I know it's you know, it's exactly what Nolan did with the Joker, but you know, evil for evil's sake, you want them to have a, a reason to do what they're doing. And then from there, you know, that, that way you have the, an actual conflict. Yeah. He, he definitely did a good job with, uh, the penguin and Selena Kyle in that regard. I don't like the trope that is Selena Kyle, but
0: well, and like, look, 1991, Michelle Pfeiffer is not unattractive. I oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I, I don't like, I don't like Catwoman's costume at all. It's, it's all the wrong parts of Tim Burton. <laughs> so I don't like that. Yeah. I don't like, uh, and I don't like anything having to do with like, I think Danny DeVito is perfect casting for Penguin, but I don't like the makeup direction they chose to go for him. And I don't like, I just in general, the direction they decided to go with him. I mean, Penguin is like essentially a mafia leader, not an army of penguins in a sewer like
1: yes you know? uh, i mean yeah he, he should be like a weapon smuggler type thing that that, yes. that would be um no i i definitely understand but you can uh, still have him
0: operate out the sewer and like you don't have to compromise some of that stuff but don't make him king of the sewers yeah and i mean
1: we we start to see what is to come off of this but i mean i still i still love it so
0: this this is probably a good example of exactly why we do nostalgia once a month, which is probably if yep. I would have watched this a bunch as a kid, I might feel differently about it. I doubt it, but I definitely think nostalgia plays into it for some people. This is also the first movie that I really noticed. People people give the MCU a lot of crap for bad like fight editing, and like yes, but it's not a new mm-hmm. problem. These movies are atrocious yeah. oh, at yeah. fight editing. They're terrible at it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You know, I've never felt more disoriented in a fight sequence than in Batman Returns.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, the the action is always going to be, uh, I mean, especially since they're able to move the cameras and, you know, they, it was always just a progression towards shaky cam and cutting things to shred.
0: Yep. I don't know what more I can say. I mean, hacking into the Batmobile is stupid. You know, the I don't like Christopher Walken's character. I mean, the army of penguins is cool. Most of how Selena Kyle becomes Selena Kyle is is not really, or it becomes Catwoman is not really. Any, yeah, gosh, yeah. I like I said this oh, this no. movie is. I I like Tim Burton. I'm a, I'm in like Tim Burton camp, but Tim Burton, much like George Lucas, needs somebody to be like, all right, hold on, let's dial it back a little bit here. And it just feels like nobody did that for this movie. And it shows. I
1: think these might be the only Tim Burton movies that I like.
0: He didn't uh, do I a like, like Edward Hands.
1: I like Sweeney Todd. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I haven't seen that. I went into T- Sweeney Todd thinking that it was a Disney movie. So, yeah. <laughs> yep. That one talk one. about expectations.
0: Uh, the Alice in Wonderland movies. Charlie the Chocolate Factory. I've not seen any of them.
1: Yeah, I don't think he should.
0: Um, this is also a two hour and six movie. <laughs> Six-minute movie that feels like eighteen hours. It feels like a mini series in this. Oh, thing. That, that, that's
1: um, hyperbolic.
0: But I can I can understand. <laughs> maybe not eighteen, so. but an eight-hour mini series. If, if that's what it feels like. <laughs> um, and maybe this wasn't mini series. Maybe it was fleshed out a little bit more. You know, make it halfway through where Penguin actually gets elected mayor of the city, and like, you know, make it kind of like the Daredevil season two. Where you initially think that the villain is gonna be Electra, but after four episodes all of a sudden it's Punisher or Punisher and then Electra. Like, make it like that. Mm-hmm. Like make it where you're just dealing with Catwoman while while Penguin makes his rise and then all of a sudden you have to deal with Penguin. Like yeah. I would be more here if Penguin was elected the mayor and then Batman figures everything out and then has to deal with, all right, well now I'm fighting the mayor of the city. Yeah. that would have been awesome. Not not enough time in a two hour movie to do that. All right, here here we go, Dexter. I think we're about to break your streak. Batman Forever, do you like it, love it, hate it, just like it, or think it's just okay? It's okay. You ready for this?
1: Uh-huh. You love it, don't you?
0: Oh, I like this movie, though.
1: Okay. I mean, I should be... Like, I, you know, the, the flaws that I see in Batman and Batman Returns and Batman 66 that I'm able to overlook. I should be able to overlook those things in this movie, but I... Don't like Jim Carrey. I don't. I don't like oh, Robin. My heart. Um. Oh yeah. Let's let's get into it, man.
0: All right. Um. He, here's here's what I'm gonna say. I'm not gonna defend this as a good movie. This is not a good movie. But I have a lot of fun watching it. I do like Jim Carrey as the Riddler. I actually love Jim Carrey as the Riddler. I I think he's over the top at points, and sometimes it really doesn't work. Um, but mm-hmm. more often than not, it works, uh, especially when he's like actually the ritter riddler, you know, kind of as his start where he's still like nerdy, clammy Edward Nygma. You know, sometimes sometimes his interactions with Two Face, especially like towards the end, are a bit much, or I don't particularly like. But I think when he's in his groove, he is in his groove, and I would really love to see. Since we're bringing back Michael Keaton and all them. Like to play your know, roles that people have played, you know, way back in the day. Like, can we please? I, I would love to see Jim Carrey play Riddler today. I'd just you love know?
1: to see a well-written Riddler.
0: So here's the thing: I'm not defending him as a good. Like, I not I'm not trying to defend the movie as being good. I'm trying to say. I think Jim Carrey's having a lot of fun with the role and he just sucks me in mm-hmm. and I have a lot of fun with the role.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I it probably worked. So, it, you know, this is where I start to feel like the overinflation of, of villains. You know, we have Two-Face and the Riddler. I don't think that you needed to have both, especially since we're dealing with this quasi-Robin origin story that was came up. Through Two Face in the you know in this movie, I I think if you're doing that, you should have just focused on Two Face and how Robin is dealing with that. Yeah, the, like I feel like they just dropped the ball on this, but I like it. I like it. I can no, I mean it's okay. It's okay. Okay, I just stick with what I said.
0: That's right. Look, stick to your guns, man. I just what you're saying about overinflation of villains. Now, I was feeling that in Batman Returns, which Batman Returns has the Christopher Walken character and Catwoman and Danny DeVito. Like, it has more. Yeah. Um, I I do agree that uh, having both is a little excessive. Um, I don't like Tommy Lee Jones in the role at all. Um, I mean, it should have been.
1: We all know who it should have been, but...
0: Uh, it should have been Billy Dee Williams, and I'm sad that it wasn't. And I was even sadder when they revealed that, like, Billy D. Williams wanted to play Two Face, and so like in his contract for the first movie, he had written that when the character Two Face comes up, he has to do that. And like Warner Brother had to buy him out of his own contract, like oh, just cast Billy D. instead of Tommy Lee Jones. Like man, I, I think they paid him, like seventy five thousand dollars just to not so so they could cast Tommy Lee Jones, but so, for a terrible performance because Tommy Lee Jones only took the role because his son was a big Two Face fan but Tommy Lee Jones wanted to play the Joker but they wouldn't let him yeah and so really what we get is the Joker in this movie it's really mm-hmm. yep. maybe we should mm-hmm. throw Tommy mm-hmm. Lee Jones in the conversation for the best Jokers of all time <laughs> uh,
1: no no because he's just rehashing Jack Nicholson's performance no so. i think
0: he's no i think he's rehashing Cesar Romero's performance it's very much more tonally towards the 60s batman his performance Nicholson's mm-hmm. is serious and mostly serious and like he's a credible threat okay i'm not so sure about anyway um yeah i agree and yeah you have that whole robin thing thrown in there and gosh i hate chris o'donnell in this role
1: <laughs> yeah i mean the, the cast too old like Batman beyond they they were talking about like they're they going over their ideal robin these days and they're talking about finn wolfhart playing a robin i'm like I, I i even think he's too old now you need to hit someone that is 10, 12 years old. Like, they look young. Maybe. I mean,
0: Finn Wolfhard when Stranger Things season one came out. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yes. No, and that I agree with,
0: but not now. How about this? Let's just go ahead and skip ahead to the female Robin from The Dark Knight Returns, and let's just cast McKenna Grace.
1: Well, how how about we just skip that all together and do Harper and go Bluebird? (laughs) Come on. I would love to (laughs) do that.
0: There is not one more story that I want told on the big screen more than I want the Red Hood storyline. So, okay. um, you know, I want I want my Jason Todd so bad. Um, yeah, yeah. Um I really like the way that they like handle the Grayson's deaths in uh in Batman Forever. Now, it is to me there is no greater sequence of frames in the Batman animated series than when you see Robin's parents die. Yep. Cuz like yep. it's all done with shadows projected on the wall. And And all of a sudden, you see a trapeze go with two bodies, a rope cut, and the trapeze comes back empty, and you just see Robin. Like, it is so beautiful. Um, No, you can't beat it. You can't beat it, but I think this worked out pretty well, because it made Robin's parents... I'm not trying to say it's it's better. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying, for the movie, I, I don't mind the way that it happened. Robin's family has something to do they're actively trying to stop the threat. Yeah. Uh, now some of it gets a little silly and wonky and things like that, but like, it, it seemed like a credible way to kill the Grayson's as a, you know, in the, in the series and in the comics, it's just, they owned money to somebody or they, they refuse to pay money to somebody. And well, somebody it killed it
1: wasn't even that it was the, the circus owner. And since it like, was the flying Grayson's and they were the star performer, that's who he went over. That's, that's who they, okay. they went after. And that, that's why I, 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 I like it better in the the way in the comics because it's Dick lost his family just like Bruce, just in the same way Bruce did. I mean, it is uh-huh. mob violence taking him.
0: Yeah, uh, so let's see. One um, of the things we haven't talked about yet. So let's see. We don't like Robin. I like the introduction. Like I like the way they introduce Robin though. Uh, yeah. Or the, the way, at least the way they kill his family. We hate Tommy Lee Jones. I love Jim Carrey. You hate Jim Carrey. Let's see. Billy, it's a shame that Billy Dee Williams was there. Also, I read that um, for the Riddler before Jim Carrey, they wanted to cast Robin Williams, but because they burned no. the bridge with him, yeah. he didn't want to do it. He said, "No, you, you, no, I'm not going to do it because of the way you treated me." Like, look, I, as much as I love Jim Carrey Riddler, obviously I'd rather see Robin Williams play him more.
1: Yeah, I mean, the way I want to see the Riddler performed, I don't want to see him manic and whatnot. I want him to be egotistical, um, and maniac, like, you know, uh, like a megalomaniac, but it's because, you know, he believes himself to be smarter than everyone. And I just don't think the way that he's, we've seen him portrayed, you know, it's just like, Oh, riddle me this. And I just,
0: yeah, I agree with that. Um, that's why I think the Ark of games get him really right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I like, I like Scott Snyder's
1: zero year. Like that that rendition of him, because he is definitely like he takes over Gotham, and like it is his brain. and since yeah, that that's what I want to see. So. okay. Uh,
0: let's see. Uh, the other uh, things, things we haven't talked about yet are, um I hate the Batmobile in this movie. it's it's atrocious looking uh, with that big stinking fin on the top. Uh, it's disgusting. I, oh, I hate Chris O'Donnell in the role. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like Nicole Kidman in the role, although she feels very unnecessary. And mm-hmm. like, especially when I hate how Batman in these series of movies feels like James Bond, where he hooks up with a girl at the end of it. And then the next one, it's like nothing ever happened. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think Nicole Kidman does great for the role. Um, what she's needed to do, um, kind of feels unnecessary though for the movie. Yeah. Her character gets a little weird by the end of it. And i definitely stopped following Understanding that character, uh, but here's the big thing: How do you feel about Val Kilmer as Bruce Wayne and Batman? I like George Clooney better. Interesting. Okay, I don't mind him as Batman.
1: I <laughs> yeah. really love his
0: Bruce Wayne. Oh no, I don't. Mm. Okay, see, it, well, here's here's why I think I think he's written in the si- like because this was originally written for Michael Keaton. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he carries himself well, but there is significantly more Bruce Wayne in this movie than in the previous two. Yeah, and so I think it's just we have more of him. I, like I like the way he carries himself. Um, I I really love him as Bruce Wayne. Um, I don't particularly like him as Batman. But like, I, I, and here's the thing: we talked about it with Joker. We talk about the Bruce Wayne too. It's a lot about how these characters are written. Yeah. That can you know, it's not fair to say, it's not fair to compare Michael Keaton and Christian Bale because the ratio of screen time that they get, the amount right. of screen time that they get, you know, and not only that, but like. If you compare you know, even Michael Keaton to George Clooney like they're written in so incredibly differently. Yeah. Like how how on earth could you possibly compare the two? Um, you know uh, so I, it all it all comes down to how it's written and I kind of really like Val Kilmer as Bruce Wayne.
1: I so Batman Forever is kind of the one that that has aged the worst for me because when okay. I when I was a kid this was my favorite of the Batman movies. Okay. Uh, but just growing up, like, I I mean, I see the flaw, like it it just, Jim Carrey grates on me. Tommy Lee Jones, Chris O'Donnell, like Val Kilmer is not like, he's probably, I mean, he's definitely not as good as Nicole Kidman, but he's one of the stronger bits of this movie. I just don't, I think the movie as a whole does not hold up.
0: That's no, I, like, like I said, I'm not trying to defend this as a good movie. Oh, I'm just yeah. trying to say this is a fun movie. It's impossible to defend this as a good movie, um, but this is a fun movie, and I, I had fun with it, you know, d- despite its flaws. Um, it's far from perfect, um, and I don't think there's any other points to to touch on. No, other than other than Bruce Wayne figures out Riddler's riddle way too fast. Yeah. Like when he gets the four things and then it's the okay, well, what if we take these as sequential in the alphabet? Well that gives Mr. E. edward It's like, this should have taken you just a couple minutes, but not literally 30 seconds. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um so there we go. We'll uh we'll we'll disagree again there. I like this movie but I'm not saying this is a good movie. And so here's the other thing. Maybe I've seen the first Batman the Michael Keaton one mm-hmm. probably like I said, four or five times, like since consciousness, like since real consciousness. but a lot of times okay. as a kid, I've only seen Batman returns forever and Batman and Robin twice. Ooh. Okay. okay. So like maybe in 10 years after I've seen Batman forever, a couple more times, maybe I will be where you're at. I don't think so though. Cause I think it's a lot of fun.
1: I mean, uh, right, right. You know, maybe, maybe I watch it on a certain day and uh, I'm in the right mood and, you know, I, I like it more, but just right now, it's okay.
0: Well, these Schumacher ones are for sure like the epitome of cinema sins, stuff like that. Like me and my wife were just like, this is ridiculous. Like, so the the very beginning of Batman Forever where they do the the bank heist, mm-hmm.
1: He Batman, manages it to swing it right back into
0: where so, it was. So not only that, but he manages to do that by grappling with a batarang with a mm-hmm. rope attached to it. That penetrates a wall, and that yet that same wall, after being penetrated by a battery, can withhold an entire safety deposit box vault and two humans.
1: Well, and not only that, we, we go from Batman asking Vicky Vale and Batman, how much do you weigh, uh, to that. I mean, yep. I guess, you know, technology gets better, like, but dang.
0: Yep. Well, hey, unfortunately, we have to do it. We have to talk about Batman and Robin. Dexter, do you like this movie? Love it, hate it. Just like, I think it's just okay. It's okay. Really? Mm -hmm. Oh, that that shocks me. Um, Because everybody and their mother hates this movie with a passion. Dexter, I I watched this movie today, um, and I am strongly in the dislike it category, but I am not quite to hate it. I would rather watch this movie than Batman Returns. I I know. I know, controversial right here. Again, this is not at all a good movie. This is a terrible, terrible movie. This is an awful, awful, awful movie. I would let's 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 do this so far. Would you recommend anybody watch this movie, Batman and Robin? Yes. Okay, I would not. Uh, Well, I I wouldn't.
1: One, if you're Batman, if you're if you're falling in love with Batman, I I recommend everything. I mean, if you're a completionist, I'm going to recommend that you watch the serials. So this is going to be the only time that we get Heart of Ice on the big screen. Because if you do it again, if you bring up Mr. Freeze, people people won't understand that you're not paying homage to the, the Paul Dini script. Paul, Tini, Bruce, uh, Paul Dini, Bruce Timm uh, script from the animated series. They're going to see it as, no, you're just rehashing Batman and Robin. So I, I love... Part of ice. Um, I don't like what they did with Bane. I don't like what they did with Poison Ivy. I don't like how they, uh, you know, I don't like the puns and the neon. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I would. Uh, I so I I know everyone is jazzed on Michael Keaton coming back. Uh, you know, potentially, mm-hmm. I'd love to see Clooney step step into the role again.
0: Okay, <laughs> I've got to touch on some things that you've mentioned so far. Okay. Um, and then we can continue. Uh, let's see. You're right. This this uh, this portrayal of Bane is atrocious. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't even like the portrayal of Bane in the Dark Knight Rises. But this Ooh. is far far worse. Yeah, I, mean, I definitely don't...
1: not comic worthy at all. Right, so. right. They're
0: just like we need some
1: muscle in here. How mm-hmm. can we do that? Well, and he's they make him mindless, and I Bane is smart. Yep, he's the first person yep. to ever defeat batman but he had to come up with a plan for that and well
0: and i think he's the first person to ever figure out that batman is bruce wayne like completely on his own
1: yeah yeah i mean he he fight he fights him um, as bruce wayne is coming out of the bat cave um mm-hmm. into into wayne manor yeah i mean and just to turn him into a
0: mindless thing like that is not good yep so so he so the portrayal of bane is awful i'm not the the writing of bane is awful the character of bane in this movie is awful i don't have as many issues with poison ivy um, as i used to i like i definitely think she's written poorly but i think i think as a concept it's kind of okay but again we also got that obviously attractive girl isn't attractive because she has messy hair and big glasses. glasses and then
1: she becomes evil
0: takes off her glasses and all of a sudden wear high heels and she's Mm -hmm. evil and completely seductive. Yep. Which, you know, part of that is the potency, but I mean, come on. She, she didn't need the potency at all. I mean, this is 1995 Uma Thurman. Come on. Uh, yeah. uh, Schwarzenegger's terrible as Mr. Freeze. The way his character is written is atrocious, Uh, especially uh, the more and more I am exposed to this character, Mr. Freeze, the more and more I think he is, my personal second favorite batman villain i mean obviously the joker's got to be number one but through the animated series the way he's written in the animated series uh the way that he's portrayed in you mentioned mask Mask of the phantasm earlier Mm -hmm. again totally unpopular opinion but i think batman and mr freeze sub-zero is a better movie than that um, because i love that one I don't like Phantasm, but I love Batman and Mister Freeze, Sub Zero, and and specifically the way he's portrayed in the Arkham Asi- Arkham Asylum games, um, mm-hmm. especially the Cold Cold Heart DLC to Arkham Knight. So powerful is so emotional beyond anything I ever thought I would get from a superhero movie, movie or video game uh, or TV series, or let alone a kids' cartoon. There is such an empathetic nature to this character that this movie completely ignores, but that's what makes him him. I hate George Clooney as Batman, but I really like him as Bruce Wayne. Okay. I do. I think he's, I think there's that. Not... Is it, is it, you
1: hate him as Batman or you hate how he's written as Batman? Because I mean, that's I, where we're going to get the back card. And
0: it's, it's two things. It's two things. It's well, it's three things actually. It's the way he's written as Batman mm-hmm. with, you know, the back credit card and things like that. It's, I hate his costume. Okay. Um, I think, I think it's the definitely the worst outfitting they've done ever yes. uh, for a Batman movie and um i i hate that there is virtually nothing distinguishable about bruce wayne and batman in this movie they did not write these as two different characters they wrote them as the same and Clooney performs them as the same yeah i you know maybe they were going for at this point batman and bruce wayne are one cuz like y- obviously yes but I, yeah. there has to be subtle distinguish like when bruce when batman is potentially could get figured out like they have to be a little different so at least, at least you have to believe that he's acting a little different. Yeah. The puns are terrible. I hate it. Uh, the bat credit card is atrocious. I know bat nipples constantly gets brought up in this movie, but let me just remind you that there are also bat nipples in Batman forever. Yeah. So like everybody always overlooks that they're like, but this one has bat nipples. I'm like, so did the Batman forever. Um, at least in the original costumes, not in the, like the ones that they get for the final fight, the prototype suit. Yeah. Um, the prototype suit doesn't have them, but the original one in Batman forever does. The, here's here's the main thing that I noticed in this rewatch. First of all, I think this movie is bad and I had nothing but bad memories of it and so watching it, being like, oh, this isn't completely terrible was a little off-guarding to me, so maybe I liked it a little bit more because I have nothing but hatred for this movie pre-today. And so maybe that just elevated it. I'm, I'm still going a very strong dislike this movie. I, I would have loved for them to have actually done Nightwing
1: instead of Robin. Um, I wish they would have uh, stuck to Barbara being Commissioner Gordon's daughter yes. instead of Alfred's what, either niece or granddaughter Nie- or
0: something. I, I think great niece. But okay, niece. Yeah. So, um, so especially when you have Commissioner Gordon in the movie, like that just felt awful. That just felt off to me. And she was the thing I noticed. She is the she is the th- sore thumb in this movie. Um, which is saying something to me because Barbara Gordon is a character that I love. Oh yeah. Um, again, again, and I'm, I'm just going to go back to praising her in the Arkham games because I think those games are perfect.
1: My SSID for my internet is uh, Oracle. Like I, I yeah. love, I, I love Barbara Gordon.
0: She well, and so all, I think all four games, story wise, character wise, are perfect. There's not one character I'm like, but this doesn't feel right. Or there's not one, there's not one moment where I'm just like, this isn't Batman. This is Mark Hamill at his peak and Kevin Conroy at his peak performances for these two. So anyway, I, I love this character. Um, I love seeing her in some of the animated movies. I love the, I love Oracle like as, yeah, as this character, even Batgirl. But there is nothing likable about the way that Barbara is written in this movie. No, you're she right. literally comes over with plans to kidnap Alfred and steals motorcycles for gang races, like, mm-hmm. and then Alfred just like gives her a bat suit, and it's like, what? We're just supposed to like her only because Alfred likes her, or like we have a relation with the character. But like, if you look at it just from this movie or just the series perspective, she there is nothing likable about this character. Yeah, I mean, it's she. I mean, we're supposed
1: to like her because it's Alicia Silverstone, and she just can't. She's off of Clueless. That too. Uh, that too. But. Yeah, no, you are like she. She is the source. I I, I don't even want to say she's the sore spot of the movie, but yeah, I mean, I can still watch this movie. That's the crazy thing, though. Like I could pop on any of these movies, um, and watch them. Like I I you know they're they're okay. I like them, but yeah, I don't dislike them. I I don't know. It's
0: just weird. If you had asked me yesterday, I just said I hate this movie. It's awful. It's one of the worst movies ever made, and. It is one of the worst movies ever made. No. But I had a little bit more fun than I was anticipating. Um, there's definitely nothing to like about this movie, but there's not as much to hate about it as I thought.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, this is definitely studio tampering. This is yeah. studio tampering at its finest. Um, this is
0: studio tampering and, a writer and direct, writers and directors that don't know the source material.
1: Oh, I mean, Batman Triumph or da- Dark Knight Triumph. I- like the, the original uh, third one that was it was supposed to be. Uh
0: um, Batman Triumphant.
1: Yes, there we go. There we go. You you can see Schumacher's appreciation for the character but I mean he he was told to make it more commercial and for toy, like the toy com- toys comp the yeah. toy companies ruined this movie.
0: I so desperately want that Batman Triumphant movie. Um especially like get Tim Burton to take it over again after Batman and Robin and make it that you know so you have Batgirl, Robin, Batman which they were planning on doing a Nightwing movie after this. Mm-hmm. So so make it Batman, Nightwing and Batgirl. Make her Oracle too, like to yeah. make her Oracle at that point and give me Tim Burton back with uh you know it was supposed to be Nicolas Cage playing the Scarecrow and like Ooh. I'm so
1: here for that. Yeah.
0: So and there was supposed to be uh Harley Quinn was supposed to be in it. And so it's supposed to be Scarecrow and Harley Quinn were the two main villains. And there was supposed to be Jack Nicholson returning in a cameo role. And I think they also wanted Two face and Riddler to return in cameo roles, like as flashbacks. Cause of the fear talks and hallucinations. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm here for that movie again, especially if you get Burton back instead of Schumacher, but
1: well, I mean, you know. Sh- Schumacher RIP, but right. uh, I, I mean, I would, I'd love to see what Schumacher could actually do with uh out the studio tampering.
0: Yeah, I I guess that's something I should say is i as much as I think we typically attribute the badness of these movies to Schumacher because there's the Burton ones and the Schumacher ones mm-hmm. and there's a very clear difference in quality, I don't think Schumacher's the problem.
1: Mm-hmm. I think
0: the studio got a big name director that they could get to get what the studio wanted. I think the studio is the problem.
1: Oh yeah. And oh, they wanted to go I...
0: completely radical, completely different than Batman returns and They got a director that they knew could do exactly what they wanted and would do exactly what they wanted.
1: Yep. I 1000% agree with you.
0: I think you mentioned about how like you can't say you, like you, you could put any of these on. Mm -hmm. I'm probably going to go with the, uh, it depends on what mood I'm in, but it's either going to be Batman or Batman forever, probably Batman, but I could just as easily put on Batman forever. And then I'd go, and then very clear difference, Batman, the movie, I mean, very clear difference, Batman and Robin, and then Batman Returns. That would be my order of, I'm going to pop on a movie. I'm going to take Batman Begins, or The Dark Knight, or... Nah, not not BVS, but uh, I'm going to take either of those two over, or just play the Arkham games again.
1: Yeah, I mean, I uh, when I... When I moved back from Argentina, I watched The Dark Knight once a month at least for about five years. So, I... I've seen that movie so many times. I, I know way too much about that movie. So, I, yeah, I, 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 I'd watch the Nolan movies over any of these, but it'd probably go of these, uh, Batman, Batman Returns, Batman 66, Batman and Robin, and then Batman Forever.
0: Man, I am happy I asked you to come on then, because then we can have these interesting, differing opinions. And yeah. I'm here for it. Yeah, and it, again, it all depends on what kind of mood you're in yeah well uh we, we we ranked them we talked about all of them we, we've we even kind of talked about how we like the way the characters are written or the ways that our bruce waynes are portrayed except for adam west uh for a little bit uh but uh and obviously these aren't made with the, as technical precision as the dark knight trilogy and beyond but there there was something here and especially to the first batman movie we completely owe modern comic book movies to like a lot of credit goes to the first x-men and to spider-man but those movies don't exist the way that they do without Tim Burton's Batman. No, so, not
1: at all. That and Dick Donner's Superman, like, or Richard Donner. Yeah, Donner's. the Donner cut, yeah. Yeah, yep. those are so important for comic books in, in general.
0: Couldn't agree with you more. So, let's move on to the B-plot then. We've we've talked for Batman for quite a bit, and we're still going to keep in the vein of superheroes, uh, kind of, this week. Yeah. Um, the B plot for this for this week is that with the release of Wandavision coming out, how much is too much for TV series tie-ins? And this doesn't just go for Marvel uh, Disney stuff. This this also goes for CW superhero stuff. You know, with the Crisis on Infinite earth just happening. Um, this goes with uh, any of the DC stuff that they might. I don't think DC currently has plans for TV series tie-ins, but like. You know, this would go for that if that happened. Um, this goes for any of the, like, DC Universe streaming properties that might connect at some point. This would go for the Netflix Marvel stuff that was happening. Star um, Wars. This even, goes for, this even goes for Star Wars stuff. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so how much is too much with just TV series, period, but, like, TV series tie-ins specifically, uh, like we were talking about, you know, ones that I, I'm pretty sure we've been told that WandaVision will directly set up Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Like it will be essential viewing for that. So how much is too much?
1: When you are more concerned about uh, universe building than storytelling.
0: It's a good way to say that. Gosh. Um, my short and simple answer is when it it all depends on the length of series and it all depends on the importance of what happens. I think going shorter is the route to go. Mm-hmm. Um, like WandaVision I think is supposed to be 10 episodes, <clears throat> maybe 12. Yeah, Um, I think I think eight to twelve is perfect, Mm -hmm. Um, and ideally miniseries, like you know, just so they could kind of exist in a certain period for a certain point. I think ideally miniseries. uh, I think ideally eight to twelve episodes, and I think ideally um, will enhance a story, but is not essential to a story. Um, Mm -hmm. I think a great example is Agents of Shield leading into Age of Ultron. Because, it, did you watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. at all?
1: I did not.
0: Okay. Like, it. I like it. It's not the best show in the world. I wouldn't necessarily say, go out of your way to watch it. Especially because they tried so hard to tie it into the MCU. Especially those first couple of seasons. Yeah. Sometimes it really worked and sometimes it didn't. Like, uh, so the end of the first season was when Winter Soldier came out. And so the end of the first season you have, all of a sudden, Hydra as a part of S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay. And like, that really worked and kind of shook up the series in a new, interesting way. But after the Thor: The Dark World, they had them just like cleaning up in the UK, and like the the beast that was still running around in the post credit scene. Like they had to go like Uh catch him or something. like That nobody remembers anything about Thor: The Dark World. It's okay. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was like,
1: wait, what beast?
0: Yeah, there's like a dog type thing, dog horse. Okay, mammoth. With what they did in season two was they set it up to where they were they were trying to do something like they were trying to prove something they were going after baron von strucker Mm -hmm. and eventually got all they needed for them to do some sort of initiative that they had been talking about all season essentially the initiative is you call the avengers in like all this setup for so what do we do now well now we push the button and it's literally just you call the avengers and so that sets up that released on tuesday and then age of ultron came out thursday night friday yeah so it was literally, they pushed the button, we're calling the Avengers. And so that opening scene with them uh, invading Baron Von Strucker's lab mm-hmm. has a lot more context built behind it. But I don't think you need nah. those Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s episodes without it. So that's what I'm talking about. That's ideal to me. It's not essential, although Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was, you know, 24 episodes a season. Yeah. Like not essential and shorter um, is, is kind of what I think.
1: Uh, no, I mean, I agree. Um, I think shorter is better. I think we're, 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 seeing that more and more with, uh, you know, the, the golden age of television that we are in right now. If you compare season, like short seasons, like, uh, Daredevil, first season and a half of Daredevil, um, first season of Jessica Jones, uh, the Punisher, short, compact stories where you can have like uh, you might have a uh, episode or two that's not amazing, but then uh, you it's always building versus yep. something like Flash or Arrow um, Legends of Tomorrow, something like that, where it's you're going to have episodes where it's the monster of the week or building towards the big bad or something like that. And, you know, I I think, uh, you know, 13 episodes max eight would be, eight would be more preferable and focus on the story.
0: So like, can you think of any modern examples with, um, like star Wars or Marvel or DC that you wish would have had this kind of treatment done to it? Cause like I'm sitting here and listening to you and I'm like, I think it would have been awesome if they had a Nova series um, yeah. that was like eight episodes long that started exploring Thanos, especially since we know oh, that yeah, Thanos that goes me. and destroys Xandar. So like, give us that in the mini series, And it's not essential to, in, for Infinity War, you know, because they show you everything that happens. Like, have Infinity War be yeah. the exact same movie, but be like an eight episode series where you have Nova. Um, yeah, but and, I mean, and, and you the, get the only issue now. with that is
1: that at that point you're going to be getting backstory for Thanos that you would then need to either re-explain in Infinity War, but maybe if you know they were using more of Ebony Maw or something like that to destroy well, Nova.
0: So, but that's but well, that's what I'm saying though is I think there was enough exposition in Infinity War. Like I wouldn't want any less yeah. of it, but. I think it would be beneficial. Thanos is a great character to be like, to spend more time with. Yeah. To to understand what his motivations are, to understand where he's coming from and what he's been through. We only get him on the end of his journey. You know, something like that, or even like Odin versus the the Dark Elves. That could have been cool. Yeah. that that Yeah, no, that, that would have been awesome. So, or like, can you think of any other like Star mm-hmm. Wars, Marvel, DC, anything that you would like to see? I mean, I'd like to
1: see uh i mean we're kind of getting it with mandalorian but i want to see the the bridge here i I want to see the first order rise because
0: they just kind of come out of nowhere
1: yeah 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 i I mean yeah let's not get into the the uh sequel trilogy but um, sure
0: well you know and last jedi does a good job of trying to tell us what luke's been doing since here but now like we have a little bit more Mm -hmm. about what he's been doing with the mandalorian and um, you know, hopefully, hopefully we'll continue to get stuff like that. And like, um, with Ahsoka Tano, like mm-hmm. completely unnecessary, but welcome. Like it doesn't have, it's not terribly long. It's not important to the overall what's going on. Like, I don't need, yeah. you don't need to watch the Mandalorian at all. As of this moment to understand the sequel trilogy.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, uh, I think, uh, if you are telling an organic story in which the the story that you are telling serves the characters that are in that, and then, yeah, if something spins off, that's fine. But I don't want to feel like I need everything to understand what, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, 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 you, you need to tell the story that you're telling, and it yep. has to be a complete story. And if you can yep. pull something off of that, that's great. But if you're writing your story to branch off, that's when I feel like it, it, it falters, if that makes sense.
0: Yep, I totally agree. Um, the only thing I'll add is there has to be a limit. And th- I mean, eventually there's going to be a limit. You know, I don't particularly care for the current DCEU. So I don't particularly care. Like that's going to be the lowest priority for me um, for any Marvel properties that are, that are coming out, all the ones that they just announced at the Disney insider expo. Like I'm going to try to keep up with them and I'm going to be excited about them. But also I don't want four new series a year. You know, I get that this year is the exception because of COVID pushing production back on a lot of them, but like we get Mandalorian and Falcon and the Winter Soldier this year. And we're also getting what if, okay, I get it. I think two a year is your max. Um, and spread them out and so like so like you know Star Wars has so many plans i mean cuz we got the bad batch coming out and we got the mandalorian um, season 3 and we got the book of boba fett and we got ahsoka tano series and we got like so much stuff coming out like two yeah. year is your max two two series a year is your max no, no, no. i mean me, I, I per per property i i mean cuz
1: it, it just depends on how long you are willing to to live in that world and I think if it's good storytelling, we're, we're fine living in that world. But I think once it only becomes oversaturation when it's putting stuff out there to get or to have something out there or to put more stuff out there.
0: Okay, so so you would be okay, just as a hypothetical... If every single week there was a new episode of a Marvel or Disney uh, Mar- a Star Wars or Marvel or Pixar something. If every single Friday there was a new Mandalorian episode and then the week after the Mandalorian ends there's a WandaVision pilot and then as soon as WandaVision ends we got the Falcon and the Winter Soldier and as soon as the Falcon Soldier we get like a I don't know some Pixar series and um, you know and then the week after that and you yeah. get What If and like you'd be okay with every single Friday a new a new thing?
1: Yeah, I, I would. I mean, as long as they can, as long as it is, the story they are telling is compelling. It's drawing me in. Yeah, I am a sucker for the story. I don't, like, I don't necessarily care about the the world, bil- like, the universe building. I'm okay with it, but I want the mm-hmm. story that you to be telling me to be good. Okay. So...
0: As I'm thinking about this, I think actually I'm going to kind of walk back on my initial thoughts um, for about what I was trying to get at is I don't I think there is such thing as too much. But like, you're right, if, if stories are if, if it's as good as Mandalorian, if yeah. it's as good as we hope WandaVision is, if it's as good as the Netflix Daredevil, like, yeah, and especially if they're released episodically as opposed to being dumped episode dumps. Like, yeah, yeah. like Netflix. I guess that like, that's the thing. Cause if I have something to look forward to every Friday and like me and my wife, like it's Friday. So we're watching the new Disney thing. Yeah. Okay. Like it's the problem is if you dump, when you dump things or when it gets too much and you get behind, it's very easy to just stay behind. Yeah. Plus with trying to catch up on a bunch of other things, but especially Mandalorian episodes have been like anywhere between like 28 and 42 minutes. Like, mhm that's not a bad length.
1: No. I so, mean, it, it's yeah.
0: So, all right. So I guess I walk back on, uh, on what I was initially saying is like, there is such a thing as long as the stories are still worth telling. I, I, I still do think there is such a thing as oversaturation. I just don't know what that line is, but I think the line is a lot farther if it's episodically as opposed to being dumped. Yeah. Cause like it took me forever to get around to like Luke Cage season two, because all of a sudden that's 13 hour long episodes that I need to get around to. Like, I had another interesting thought. I think if you, I think the more series you do, the more like potential talent you might be able to bring in. Mm-hmm. Cause like, there's no way Ryan Gosling is going to go to the DC or MCU without like being a one and done. Cause he doesn't want to do franchise stuff. Yeah. But like, do you think they could get him to sign on for just a mini series? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do think they could get him to just commit to a eight episode miniseries. Yeah. Like, so like that opens up a lot more doors or uh, more actors, uh, you know, being brought like especially those that don't necessarily want to be involved in a Marvel contract.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: Anyway, just another thought. Okay. Well, Dexter, what is that one thing in pop culture you want to tell everybody to watch or to avoid? It's time for our spinoff.
1: Okay. Um, so this is uh, my, uh, my, my girlfriend, she introduced me to this show. Uh, and we, we just, I mean, we went through the entire series like super quickly um, but okay. I, I love it so much. Um, it's called the Peep Show. Um, it's on Hulu. Okay. It is a, it's a British show. It's uh, uh, nine series of six episodes each. Um, it's not terribly bad. And I think they're like there's 30 minute episodes, like shorter, you know with commercials, so like 22, epi- 22 minute episodes. Like, and it is character based and just the evolution of these characters and like, and you see some powerhouse actors in here and you're like, Oh my gosh, they were in this. So yeah, um, I definitely, I highly recommend it. It's on, it's on Hulu. All right. Uh, is
0: this like narrative or anthology?
1: Uh, it is narrative. Um, it follows two characters. Um, and actually the, if you, read about the, the the actors that are playing these characters like they have been uh like creative partners for such a long time like everything they do um they're working together and uh they just they work so well oh i i cannot i cannot um recommend the, that show enough like i i just i love it I loved it. So okay, much.
0: yeah, I was just asking because I I have it on my Hulu list. So okay, I'll eventually get around to it, but again, nine seasons is an undertaking. But nine seasons that are only six episodes is quite a bit less of an undertaking.
1: Yes, and especially when they're like twenty-two minutes long
0: each. So, right. All right, Dexter. I want to play a game with you for my spinoff. Okay. So I haven't been able to watch much recently um, that I was like relatively like new you because know, i i typically save all my tv opinions until the tv episodes and just i've been trying to catch up at the end of the 2020 movies so i want to narrow it down based off of a filter of questions i'm going to ask you to see what i'm going to talk about do you want me to recommend or warn something it'll be a 2020 movie no matter what let's recommend let's keep the light in the world okay and you want uh what what category what genre horror okay i don't typically watch horror movies. One, two, three, three and a half. <laughs> I would say I would say four movies that I've seen this year that would count as horror. And I say half because I think that okay. you can make an argument that never, rarely, sometimes, always is a horror movie. It's it's an it, intense is the right word. Sorry, intense is the right word. Sometimes it can, it's scary. I guess also I ca- I kind of consider Boy State a horror movie because some of those kids are <laughs> straight up terrorists. Uh, I'm going to talk about Possessor. Uh... On my list. Okay, I wanted to talk about a movie that I really didn't get a chance to talk too much about during my movie opinions. Uh, I'm going to talk about Possessor because uh, this is a movie that I knew nothing about. I didn't even know existed. Uh, I saw something about somebody saying it was awesome, um, and so I checked the letterbox ratings, and the letterbox ratings are really high for it and um, two people that I follow on Letterboxd had both rated this four out of five stars, and, like, that's pretty good. It's not like I need to go see this, you know, like I'm seeing for, like, One Night in Miami and Minari and stuff like that, but that's good. Um, That's definitely watchable, and then I opened up Voodoo, and it was on sale for six bucks, so I'm like, okay, here we go. We're doing Possessor. This is a very interesting movie. Uh, Content warning. It's kind of gory. It's not terribly gory. Um, It's not, like... Saw or things like that, but it is if you can, if you can, if you can do a Tarantino movie, you can do this movie. Okay, okay. so so that's kind of like your gore warning. This is fascinating. It's very well acted. the The lead is terrific, and there's really two leads to this movie. I don't really want to say much about this. Essentially, there's this organization that they send people to possess your consciousness for a certain amount of time to make you carry out an assassination, and then they. Terminate you at the end of completed assassination. That's a fascinating concept to me. It's very well acted. The standout to me is the male lead, who was also in Black Bear. Um, he's excellent. Mm-hmm. This is a patient movie. This is a movie that really knows what it's doing. Really knows what it's trying. It, it, it's a it's a feeling. <laughs> a lot of it is. This is just all around. I think well crafted and intriguing. It won't be everybody's cup of tea. I really liked it. I'm trying to be vague for a reason.
1: That's good. I, I mean, it, it, it is on my list for to, you know, of horror movies I want to watch. Mm-hmm. And I uh, yeah, no, uh, while you were talking about it, I'm trying to I'm trying to look up where I can actually watch it. Yeah. Uh, so,
0: I also it should be worth noted that noting that I um, did see the uncut version uh, because okay. it is just if you buy it on Voodoo, you get both. Uh, Okay. So it looks like you can rent it for ninety nine cents on Amazon and Apple TV right now. Yeah. Four or five bucks everywhere else. You could buy it for seven dollars on Amazon in high def. And like I said, I think you get uncut whenever you buy the regular one. So anyway, uh, this is a this movie is a mood. I would classify it more as a thriller than a horror, but it definitely has horror elements. This movie is a mood and a and a tone. So it got me. It, It it did what it wanted to do for me okay so uh
1: yeah, no, I am uh I definitely need to check this movie
0: out, and i I will check it out shortly. well, tweet at me when you do, and since we're on the the topic of uh of Twitter, let's go ahead and wrap it up, so that's a wrap uh quick. Quick reminder, the Sif Pop Writer's Room is part of the Studio DNA Network. You can check out other great shows at studiodna.media. If you're interested in writing for SifPop.com or you want to get in contact with us, maybe send us a question to explore during the B-plot, then you can email us at sifpop.com. At if you want to help out with the show, help uh, if you want to support the show, help out with the cost we pay for out of pockets such as feeds, equipment, and rentals, you can Venmo me at Castle or DM me on Twitter at ShwaiCastle4. Uh, other information that's uh that's best way to contact me is twitter or email but dexter what about you where can people talk to you about possessor or about how they also side with you on batman returns where can they talk to you about about anything and everything and about why m is also their favorite movie
1: yes um you can find me on twitter at dexter rpg just uh, yeah, talk to me about movies, or uh, if you have technology questions, I'm I'm pretty good at answering uh, that stuff. It is my my line of work. Hit me up on on any of those, and I, I, I've I've helped you know I've helped you out, I've helped Frank mm-hmm. out, helped Aaron Dicer out. Uh, you you have a question about technology? Odds are I, I can. I, if I don't know the answer, I will be able to find the answer really quickly.
0: Yeah, that's uh, Dexter. Definitely has helped me out. On several occasions, you know, when my TV busted and when I bought a soundbar and lots of other different things. So that's that's been great to have that resource in my back pocket. Dexter, it's been awesome having you on. I really appreciate you filling in uh, this week uh, and getting a chance to talk about some movies with you.
1: Hey, thanks for thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, well, we'll have you back on again in June. But we'll talk about em and Rafifi. I know you're really excited about that. I'm really excited because oh, I know you're friend. excited. Uh, should be a lot of fun. And uh, let's see next week i'm doing a tv catch up i'm talking with shane about uh about tv uh next month for comic book movies like i said this will be the start of joe's uh kind of tenure i guess is the right word uh and we'll be talking about the 300 movies so 300 and 300 rise of an empire and uh like i said we'll have dexter on in, in june again but you know in the meantime we got to get back to the writer's room